The following resource is by CBC Mokopani. For more resources like this, check out our website at www.christbaptistmokopani.com. All right, so we're in Ephesians chapter 6, studying children's God, children God's way. Um, friends, and I'm so excited that we've, we've decided to prayerfully do this, this series together. Um, if, you'll, if you'll remember back to the second message, for those of you who weren't here, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You're going you're gonna to fit in just as we track along. That second message came from Psalm 127. And we concluded that Sunday morning by reading Psalm 128. And I want to read it again this morning to refresh you, but also to bring everyone else up to speed. The Psalm says this, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of your labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Friends, the psalmist says, when when, when you look at the imagery, our children will be planted around the dining table. In other words, something put them there. Someone put them there. What is, the, what is going to be the fruit of this child who's planted in your home? What are you doing to cultivate the soil for this child? How are you nurturing your children? How are you guiding them? How are you disciplining them? Because, man, that is such a key word these days. Discipline. And we're not talking about spanking, or as some of my other friends would call it, we don't spank children, we beat children. We're not talking about that kind of discipline. Discipline in the sense of bending the rod, right? Bending the child straight, helping them upright. You see, if the psalmist refers to our children being planted, my friends, then we need to prepare this next generation for what is to come. Now there is a Chinese proverb that says, one generation plants the trees and another gets the shade. One generation plants the trees, another gets the shade. Friends, we, we might not see the, the extent of our children's fruit one day. We might not be around for that. But I tell you, while we have them, and if you don't have kids yet, listen up, this is for you as well. While we have them, it is on borrowed time. How are you redeeming that time to the glory of God leading your children? You see, maybe our parents and our grandparents planted some trees, meaning there's some shade. But we look at society today, and I tell you what, we've done a horrible job. We've done such a bad job at planting the next generation of trees. We haven't even, we don't water the trees. We don't even check if the soil's right. Some of them are planted in in half pots, you know, like half soil. Some of them aren't even in the pot. It's like, nope, there you are. It's so important for us to realize and understand if we, dear friends, are not taking care of our kids today and we assume they'll be okay tomorrow, we're making the biggest mistake in history. Our children will have nowhere to hide. We're cultivating olive shoots that will never sit around the table. And here's the thing, if we leave it up to the world, if you say, no, it's fine, you know, my kids... My kids spent 
so many hours a day at school anyway, they're fine. You're in trouble. You're in trouble to assume the school will discipline your children. The school will teach your children about the Lord and His ways. Especially our schools today. Friends, we need to be doing the work. Otherwise, we will lose our children. We'll lose our children. A lot of us, I assume a lot of you are close to our age, late 20s, early 30s, where we are planning to have kids, desiring to have kids, and are having kids. If we don't take care of this, we will lose the next generation because the world is coming for our children. Friends, I I have such a burning passion. It's very hard to stay calm right now. The world is coming for our children. And many of us are ignorantly not aware of what's busy happening. We put our kids in front of a screen and say, but if I don't hear them, they're fine. Someone else is planting seeds in our children. We're going to lose them. I recently watched a documentary, um, What is a Woman? And, um, and in this documentary, they interview a woman who has fully transitioned, um, meaning a biological woman has physically transitioned to look exactly like a man. And, and she's in her early 40s. And this woman says, when I die and they dig me up, they'll see that I'm a woman. They'll know that I'm not just a woman. I'm a woman who gave birth. Here's the problem. They got to me in my 30s and in my 40s. They convinced me. If you think our children stand a chance, we are misguided. Our children do not stand a chance against the world today. Friends, listen to this. Man, I... The first time I saw this, I, I, I didn't know how to react. There's a YouTube video. I don't know if it's still there. I assume it is. Where the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir sing the following song called, We're Coming for Your Children. Listen to these words. And, and it's there. It's like, it's so open, yet we're so ignorant. We're just so oblivious. Like, oh yeah, what are they going to do about it? They're doing about it. The song goes... You think we're sinful, you fight against our right, you say that we all lead lives you can't respect, but you're just frightened. You think that we'll corrupt your kids with our agenda, if our agenda goes unchecked. Funny, just this once, you're correct. Wow. It's like, it's not even hiding it. Right? It goes on. We'll convert your children, happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you'll barely notice it. We can keep, you can keep them from disco, warn them about San Francisco, make them wear pleated pants. We don't care. We'll convert your children. We'll make them tolerant and fair, just like you're worried. They'll change their group of friends. You won't approve where they go at night. You'll be disgusted when they start learning things online that you kept from them far from sight. We'll convert your children. Yes, we will. Reaching one and all, there's really no escaping it. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. The gay agenda is coming home. The gay agenda is here. 
Public libraries in the states, as it stands, has, has um, what do they call it, um, drag hour, where men dressed as women go to the public library and read these kind of literature to children. There was a state, two weeks ago, there was a state that allowed children to go into a certain nightclub so that they could watch men dressed as women dancing so that our children would be tolerant. It's called grooming, my dear friends. And we can't just sit back. But we keep our Netflix subscriptions going. Like, yeah, no, that's fine. They have a hidden agenda, friends. I'm not saying, hey, let's be so ex- you know, exclusive. Let's live socially awkward with high walls, locking ourselves in, not, not reaching the world. Not at all. We need to reach the world. That's the Great Commission. We need to be out there. At the same time, we have a responsibility. God-given commands for how we as families are to live and raise the next generation. Friends, if we're not giving shade to our children, then they won't to their children and to their children and to their children. The answer is we need to come back to God's standard. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 6 through 7 says this, And these are the words that I command you today, and they shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Friends, no one is saying, hey, you need to sit around the dining room table and have a half an hour of devotional with your kids, because good luck doing that with kids. They're busy. They move around. They're distracted. And try. Please do. I mean, you need to keep doing it. If you feel like, I'm failing, keep doing it. This is a God-given command. Be with your children. But this, this, this passage says something so profound and so important. We're not just sitting down with our kids and speaking and discussing the Word of God. We're doing it in the way. As we go, as we travel, as we sit down, as we are picnicking out in the, you know, in the yard, in the park, as we're sitting in the car, as we're traveling, we're busy discipling our ch- children. We're teaching them God's Word. We're instructing them. Don't just tell your child, no, don't do that. Help them understand why they shouldn't do that. Why that's wrong. Why they can't. You see, we come from a generation, myself included, I, I come from a generation where we were told children should be seen and not heard. Well done. Look at where we are in 2022. Friends, we will fail. We will fail if we are not doing the work to love our children. It is a discipline on us and it's a discipline on them. It's so simple. The, God's Word says... Teach your children His Word. That's it. Teach your children God's Word. The other part, the part where they are saved, the part where their heart is changed, is actually mentioned earlier in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 29 says, Oh, that they would have such a heart as this always, to fear me and keep my commandments, that it may go well with them and with their descendants Forever. 
You see, what God does is, God changes our hearts. God causes the salvation. We can't save our children. Do you understand that? And just like you, many of us sitting in this room, your parents couldn't save you. Boy, I bet there were times where they're praying they could. But it's God's work to change the heart. God does that. But it doesn't mean, oh, God will save them. So what about it? No, no, the command is, you teach them the word. What does Paul say? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The word of God. Salvation comes through the gospel being proclaimed. Oh, but I, I live you know, such a righteous life. No, no, no. Proclamation of the gospel, salvation, right? So teach your children. So, sorry, we're not even in the outline yet. This is our introduction. So if you were making notes under an outline and you weren't sure what's the heading, we're still in the introduction. We'll, we'll get there. Friends, it comes to this. Joshua 24, verse 15. Maybe you don't know the reference to the verse, but you'll know the verse in a moment. And many of us have quoted this. Oh, one day, one day. Here's a portion where God's people were challenged. And this is what happens. And we need to make this decision for ourselves. Are we going to have family God's way? It says this, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, or the gods in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Is this you? Are you going to make this commitment? To say, I don't care what you worship, but in this house, we serve the living God. In this house, we serve the Lord. And Him only. Is this where you are? Friends, if you are not ready to make this commitment, please don't have children. If you say you're a Christian, but you're not willing to make this commitment, don't have children. Because what's the primary reason for us to have children, biblically? To fill the earth. To fill the earth. And then, what then? According to the prophet Isaiah, we were created for God's glory. We fill the earth to reflect God's glory. And God's word gives us the command, the mandate to teach our children. You don't have children because you have a void in your life. Our children are borrowed to us. They too, if we look at scripture, they too one day will leave and cleave. They will move on and start their own families. They'll reach an age where they no longer need you. What then? What then? Could you say, I've done it. I've done enough. I trust that the Lord will do the rest. Who do you choose today who you will serve? It's a decision for you as parents to make. Your children can't make this decision for you. Listen, Psalm 127 and 128 say that children are a blessing from the Lord. And having kids is hard. Don't think, oh, it's, oh kids are amazing. They're little sinners. They're cute, but they're little sinners. 
Okay? Having kids is hard work. It changes your life. Your life now revolves around someone else. Your comfort dies. Is that what you want? I tell you, I want more of that. I want a lot more of that. I want so many more kids. It's troublesome. If the Lord wills. So if you want kids, also, let me say this before we get into the outline. If you want kids, don't marry someone that doesn't want kids. Don't assume they'll change. If you want kids, trust women, trust the Lord to bring you a man that shares that desire. Men, if you want kids, don't go looking out for women who don't want kids. Okay? Children are sent to us by the Lord for us to have a full life, to be raised unto godliness, to be witnesses of our true God and His gospel. That's the privilege we have with kids. So we as parents must teach our kids to obey and honor us. There it is. Obedience and honor. They must obey and honor us. Secondly, it is our children's responsibility, God's way, to obey and honor. To obey and honor. If you want children God's way, they need to obey and honor. So let's read our verses this morning. Three verses. Children, Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Which is that portion. Firstly, friends, if you want children God's way, we need to teach them to obey their parents. Children, obey your parents. And there's great, listen, there is great difficulty for children to obey and honor their parents. Right? Think about it real quick. The first baby ever born was not born obeying and honoring his parents. Think about it real quick. The first baby born is born in sin. Adam and Eve started having kids after the fall. Pretty wild, huh? They had the opportunity to have kids in a time where they would be good, not stained by the fall. Yet, you know, our long-distant mother, Eve, was cursed and pain increased. Amen, women? So we think about this. The very first baby comes into this world marked by sin. They're marked by the fall. When you look at your kids, they're these little, selfish, self-centered, rebellious sinners. But they're cute. They are so cute, man. They're cuddly. But they're sinners. They're still sinners. They scream. They don't share in your pain. They scream. They have no interest in anything that goes on in the house. They make no effort. Listen, they make no effort to help you 
whatsoever. They're just preoccupied with themselves and they look cute doing it. Like, man, if only. So, then, they, then there's the, uh, the stage after infancy, you know, when they become a toddler. And I hear that this is great. This is the great time, right? They, they, they become great. Great at sinning. There's a reason they say it's the terrible twos. Isn't it? It's like, wow. No wonder they, Vody Buckham says, there's a reason why God makes them so cute and small. It's so that you won't kill them. Right? So cute. Like, ah, man, you're terrible, but wow. There's a reason why He makes them small. So that they won't kill you. It's wild. So listen, have as many kids as possible, but none of them are going to come out of the womb saying, where you say to them, oh yes, you can have that. Yes, you may do that. What do you always tell your kids? No, stop, don't, nope on a rope, can't do that, because, stop, right? I'm glad we're on the same page here. This is how David summed it up in Psalm 51 verse 5. He says, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. He doesn't mean he's an illegitimate child, that he was made outside of marriage. He simply means that from the very time of conception, he was a little sinner. A little sinner. So, not only is there this eternal conflict, right? Where we're born by the mark of the fall. But our children, we as ch- when we were children, we were exposed. Our children is being exposed to a lot more than what we can handle at those ages, right? We're, we're exposed to depravity. We're living today by, with a culture that's so consumed with sexuality. It's, listen, it's boring. It's just, I'm over it. It's just so consumed with, with sexuality and our children. It's the only thing that they hear at school, on TV, on the radio. I stopped listening to radio altogether just because everyone just speaks so much nonsense. Friends, it's hard. And we can't think our children are just going to be okay. So they're born with a mark of the fall, but they also still experience the depravity of the world. And then they have their own passions that they have to struggle with. What does James James tell us? What causes us to sin? Our heart, our passions, our desires. You tell your kid, no, but I want to. So they do it anyway. So we have a real struggle before us. Listen to this. In the early 90s, there was a U.S. state senator who wrote a letter. It said he was discussing the fact that the government itself is anti-family. And they have the following goals that they want to fulfill. This is the government, right? Legalize abortion. Government-controlled family planning. Today it's called uh, Planned Parenthood. Legalization of homosexual marriages. And government training for children. That's the government's plan. 
and then you send your kids to government schools. And we say, it's going to be okay. My children's going to, they're not going to, they're not going to turn out like this. They're going to be fine. Yeah, right. You're literally handing them over to enemy forces. Therefore, God's word tells us that they need to obey their parents. They have a strong, centered depravity about themselves. And you now need to teach them it's not about them. They must know that they need to obey. They need to come under your control. The word obey, when translated from the Greek, means to come under and listen. Come under and listen. Listen, don't look at discipling your children as a battle. Oh, my kids are at it again. It's a fight, raising children. It's not a fight. It's discipleship. You're teaching your children. We're supposed to give them instruction. But no. More and more we see it in our society today. We see it in the town. When I go to town with kids there and their parents, there's just no discipline. And if we're not disciplining our children, my dear friends, listen to this. If you don't discipline your children, you don't love them. You don't love them. Scripture is so clear that if we love our children, we will discipline them. But no, we, we see parenting as, as a fight, as a battle. And guess what? Our children then grow up and they want to physically take you on when you give them instruction. I've heard this from many parents. The children want to just turn around and physically attack them. You know, how dare you tell me to do something? That is not your place. It's just so disrespectful. There's no... It's just disobedient. But this is in a culture. Let's go back to Scripture. This was the culture for God's people back in Exodus. Exodus 20, 21, verse 15. He who strikes his father or mother shall surely be put to death. Exodus 21, verse 17. He who curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. God is serious about our children's dis- disobedience. If we leave our kids unchecked, we're going to have a sinful, rebellious generation on our hands. Disobedience and disrespect was punishable by death. It's a serious issue, isn't it? And it's not talking about a one-time offense. This is talking about a child who is purposefully being rebellious. That's why God's word says, teach your children to obey. You need to teach them to obey. They must practice obedience. Kids, when your parents give you an instruction, pay attention. Obey your parents. Proverbs 18 verse 1, oh sorry, Proverbs 1 verse 8. You say, how can I teach my children? Here's one. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Scripture says, reprove your children. Reprove them. Show them right from wrong. Don't just say no and you don't give an explanation. Reprove your children. 
Help them understand what's being asked of them. Okay? Secondly, Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1. In fact, here it is. Just, just study Proverbs for the rest of your life. You'll be a great parent. Amen? Just study Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1. Um, it puts it this way. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you. If you receive my words and treasure up my commandments. What does that tell you? Instruct them. So not only reprove your children, instruct your children. Parents often get so upset with their kids when they don't execute a command. It's like, you did this wrong. This is messed up. Why can't you listen? Why don't you just pay attention? When you instruct your children, be clear. Make sure they understand the requirements. Perhaps the first time would be best to just show them how to do it and then instruct them to do it. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Children are forgetful. They have so many things going on in their little minds, but you can't teach them, right? And here it says, remind your children. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1. Remind your children. As you're teaching them, as you're instructing them, remind them what you're teaching them. Remind them what the instructions are. Don't get frustrated when they forget. Rather, help them remember. Okay? Chapter 7, verse 1. My son, keep my words and treasure my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live, and my teaching is the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers and write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. Friends, encourage your children. Children are so belittled these days. They get it from their friends. They get it from their teachers. And the worst part of it all is they get it at home. Encourage your children. Don't break them down. Don't belittle them. Encourage them to try again. Encourage them to try again. Help them recall what you taught them, right? Listen, it requires time with your kids. It requires energy with your kids. And quality time. Not just, oh, I'm sitting with my kid. Yay for co-parenting. It's not co-parenting, it's your job. You wanted kids. It's like, you know, oh, you're a dad, so you're babysitting your kids? I'm not babysitting my kids. I'm being a father to my kid. Listen, kids will try... And come up with ways to avoid obedience. And I guess it can get really creative. Therefore, you need to help them and remind them and encourage them and teach them. This is what happens when you don't do that. Proverbs 30 verse 11. I told you this is for both parents and kids. So, Proverbs verse 30, uh, chapter 30 verse 11. This is the opposite. This is what happens when you don't teach your children obedience. When your children aren't obedient. It says this. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. There are those who are clean in their own eyes but are not washed of their filth. When you meet people out on the street and you ask them, Hey, do you think you'll go to heaven? Like, yeah, I'm a good person. Based on what? Well, you know, I don't murder people. Did you disobey your parents? Yeah. Well, you're a sinner. 
No, it's, that's what kids, you know, kids and parents, they have these rivalries. Proverbs 30, chapter 11, uh, verse 11 says, There are those who curse their mothers, uh, their fathers and do not bless their mothers, yet they are clean in their own eyes. They justify their disobedience. And sadly, a lot of us as parents just let it be. Yeah, but oh man, it takes so much time, so much energy. Just leave it. Friends, today I have family that it's so hard to commune with because parents do that. It's fine. They'll work it out. They won't work it out. That's the point. Listen. Children have got their own way, their own wisdom. And that's a child. But that will be a child when we leave them undisciplined. When we're not training them. When we're not instructing them about obedience and honor. What does it mean to obey your parents? It means to come under the authority of your parents. To listen to them. Be attentive. Pay attention. But not only does scripture say obey your parents. Scripture says honor your parents. And I'll get to this in a bit. Friends, there's also a limitation to obedience. For kids, if your parents are being unbiblical, and yet they require you to do what is unbiblical, then you can't be obedient. You need to obey God and not man. And if man wants to cause you to sin, that's the limit of your obedience. It's the same thing we talked about submission. A wife is to submit to her husband. But in everything, where's the limit? Where do we draw the line? The line ends where the husband's love ends. The moment your husband asks you to do something that's unbiblical, he's not loving you. And therefore, you're not submitting to him. This brings us to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. This isn't the first commandment. It's the first commandment with a promise. This is actually the fifth commandment, right? Sunday school? Come on, help me out. You guys are learning your commandments and your what-whats. hope so. Learning words like regeneration and justification and the purpose of man's creation. Amen? They're smiling, so some of that makes sense. Good. The word honor means to value at a high price. It means to value at a high price. Value your father and your mother. Put a high price on them. You know, you need to, as children, realize how valuable your parents are to you. Listen, this is the first commandment dealing with relationships. Relationships are important to God. He's a relational God. And therefore, He says, this is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you. That you may live long on earth. Kids, if you want a happy life, honor your mother and father. Trust me. Been there. Done that. It's better when you honor them than not. Amen? Good. This is at the core of family. If we don't have relationships with each other and with our kids, again, we are missing the connection. And therefore, kids are just dishonorable to their parents. I've witnessed kids, teenagers, talk to their parents in such a way I would never dream of. 
even at my worst. It's like, wow, I wouldn't even let a friend speak to me like that, yet alone let them talk to their parents. Friends, this is not just at the core of the family, it's at the core of church, it's at the core of our society. If our children don't understand what it means to honor mother and father, then they're going to be undisciplined, disrespectful, rebellious. And they're going to be disobedient children who destroy families, who destroy church, who destroy society. It grieves me to know that there are couples who have split up because of their children, just causing division. Friends, your husband and wife relationship is the greatest relationship in your life. But when we give way to let our kids disrupt that, they're being dishonorable. Let me move on. Scripture says two things. Teach your child for two two reasons. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. It talks about the quality of life and the quantity of life. That it may be well, meaning full, rich, joyous, happy, peaceful. That it would be a rewarding life. That's the fulfillment of the promise. This is God's promise that it would go well with you. You would have a quality of life. Let me interject here real quick before I go on to the explanation. Parents, you want your kids to honor you. But if you are living in such a way that you aren't an honorable person, don't assume your children are going to value you at a high price. There are children who cannot wait to get out of the house just to get rid of their parents. There are children who live in so much fear because their parents just aren't honorable people. These children aren't disciplined. They're beaten. They're abused. So when we read these verses, we need to go back to the Jewish context. What does it mean to um, obey or honor your parents that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land? In the Jewish context, if you honor your parents, it says that, that you are living a spiritually prosperous life. You get that? You have a relationship with God. You honor His Word. You fear Him. Secondly, it says that you would live um, long in the land, right? That's physical. We read earlier, Exodus 21, if if you dishonor your parents, if you live in disobedience to your parents, what happens to you? There's an end to you. So if you want to live a blessed life on the earth, you better obey and be obedient. That was the Jewish context. Therefore, when Paul says, honor your parents, honor them so that it may go well with you. Friends, when we interpret it today, it talks about receiving God's blessing in that relationship. Receiving God's blessing in that relationship. When you honor your parents, When you obey your parents, man, I'm so sure that you are having a wonderful relationship. That it's a fruitful relationship. Honor is behind the act. 
you must want to value your parents. If you honor your parents, you will obey your parents. Here's the thing, honor is way more important than obedience. You can obey a command and have it mean nothing to you. We spoke about it at Youth on Friday. Your parents give you an instruction. You can with a very heavy heart, even with hate in your heart, fulfill the instruction, isn't it? It's called legalism when you do that, though. When you do something, even though you don't want, you don't want to do it, but you just do it. It's legalism. Yeah. It's because I have to do it. No, you need to want to do it. Honor your parents. Value your parents. If you value your parents and they give you an instruction, you should want to do the instruction. That might, this is what makes the relationship healthy. Is to have this attitude behind the act. Because if we're just acting, we're being a hypocrite. We're being unloving as kids. God, listen, children, God looks at your heart. Don't assume, oh, but I made tea and coffee for mom and dad. Jesus is going to bless me. With what heart did you make tea and coffee for your parents? With what heart do you listen to your parents? If your parents ask you to do something, are you grumbling and complaining? Ugh, I don't want to do this. I hate it when they ask me to do stuff. Is that you? Or do you value your parents to say, I want to do what they tell me to do because they love me. They care for me. They provide for me. I want this relationship to go on. Friends, for many of you who are at our age, what relationship do you have now with your parents because of the relationship you had when you were kids? It shows a lot. It says a lot. So where, where have we come from and where are we now? Parents, you must pursue a life where your children would want to obey you, would want to honor you. Be honorable. Children, whether or not you like to, or don't want to, or want to, Scripture says that you have to obey your mom and dad, and that you have to honor your mom and dad. And you should want to do those things. Right? That's the heart that God gives us. God gives us a heart to want to serve His Word so that we serve those around us. Friends, when we're living out these truths, we're doing family God's way. We're trusting Him. We're relying on Him. Salvation comes by faith. If we want to see our kids give their lives to the Lord Jesus, how are we teaching them to obey and honor? Let's pray together. Lord, this morning we're thankful that in our series we can look at the child's heart and we can look at our responsibility alongside their responsibility. I want to pray, Lord Jesus, that as your psalmist also says, teach us to number our days so that we would have a heart that would want to serve you. And in this way we serve our children, that we would bend them in the right way Lord, that they would receive our, our instruction willingly and that they would be comforted by the good news, Lord. I thank you that we, as a church, can be like-minded in these areas, especially for those of us who desire to see families want to be more and more like you and live in the obedience of your word. 
So we give thanks for this series, we give thanks for this word, and now Lord Jesus we just pray for the outworking of these words. Thank you for ministering to our hearts and we pray this in your name. Amen.